everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. Just a quick reminder, it's not a spoiler-free podcast, so you may hear some things when we talk about this episode that haven't happened yet in Felicity, but may happen in the future. So just to be warned, we're still a fun podcast, but just be aware. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I am wonderful today. It is a nice day. 75 degrees here. It was 96 degrees yesterday. So feeling much better about today. Yeah, that's 96 is a bit much. 70s is the sweet spot, you might say. Well, we are here on a temperate day, ready to watch or talk about season one, episode 19. This one was called Documentary, and it originally aired May 4th, 1999. Directed by Stan Salfus and written by J.J. Abrams. And the summary for this one is, Noel and Felicity are driven to distraction when Sean, seeking a selling angle for his documentary, latches onto their shattered relationship and pesters them to discuss their feelings on camera. Now, that is an accurate description, but gosh, there was so much more stuff happening in this episode than just that. So Fish, where do you want to start with this one? Well, I'd start with just the name because you said it was called documentary last time and I heard documentary. Mm-hmm. And I continued to hear documentary until they um, explained it. And I actually saw the graphics. So mm-hmm. now I get it. It's a documentary, mm-hmm. which really doesn't make much more sense, but that's okay. Um, I came into this episode with really low expectations wow. because I generally do not like the documentary style episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, they happen in a number of different shows. Um, but I actually really like this one. I like the way that, you know, it wasn't a straight documentary the whole time. And so it went back and forth between Sean shooting scenes and then what was happening around him. And it also wasn't black and white. Um, cause I don't mind black and white episodes, but especially not in the documentary category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they go together. So I would say I liked it uh, overall and the style that it was done in. But, you know, we were just talking before the podcast that it made it a little bit hard to follow one storyline all the way through. So I think we decided we're just going to kind of start at the beginning with the scene with Sean and Ben sitting around and Sean trying to pester him to just say something, just start talking. Yep. Just start talking. Yeah. That's all he had to do. And I'm glad, but I'm glad that you opened this with a general impression because I was wondering how this landed for you. Fish and I try not to give too much commentary to each other before we start recording. We certainly know when we're laughing at the episode, but we don't necessarily know what the other one thought until we start getting into the conversation. So this structure is so different for this show. They've tried something unique. Um, and I think you've raised a good point that they, yeah, there's documentary elements, 
but then there's also moments when the person behind the camera comes in front of the camera and they're trying to do operational logistics stuff around the documentary. And then there's stuff that's just shot regular. That's not a documentary style. So they mix a lot of things. And I actually think it kind of hangs together pretty well in how they did it. But like you said, you know, this is, it's what we so often in our podcasts, we take one thread, one relationship in the show or one set of scenes and we follow it to its conclusion and then we pick another one can't really do that with this there's so much stuff going on and so many different people who are getting a lot of personal time so like you said we started with Sean just trying to get Ben to sit down (laughs) and I I think one of the things that I like about this style is that it really immersed us in each character's personality So you see Ben for everything Ben is in this opening. He's reluctant to talk. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't want to talk about himself. He's being kind of sarcastic and and jokey. Sean finally gets him to sit down by saying, if you sit down, you don't have to pay next month's rent. Like we're getting a lot of things we need to know about Ben just by this whole interaction of getting him to talk about his life, which he doesn't do in that opening scene. So I, I thought it was a fun way to start, plus to have Sean come out from behind the camera in this documentary setup, have him go try to bring Ben back into the room after Ben has walked away and to like see the whole negotiation part. And then Sean's like, we'll cut all this out and goes back behind the camera. I think, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff about this. You, you really saw what this episode was going to be right from the beginning. I absolutely agree with that. And I also thought it was nice that we got to see sort of different angles of the place that people are in. Mm. And so I was able to kind of see around people as much, um, much more so than, you know, when people are quickly walking through a room. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. And I did write down, you know, I think this is probably how hard it is to get Ben to talk. Yeah. For everyone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I agree. I mean, we have these moments in the show. I think a lot of us will think about iconic moments in the show when Ben does talk a bunch or says like a monologue or something really important. But it's it's episodes like this that show us how valuable those moments are because he's not like that always. He's not a big speech guy. You know, even yeah. in the last episode, happy birthday, Ben's like, not a big speech guy. Happy birthday, Julie. Like he was supposed <laughs> to give a whole thing about her and he's just like, happy birthday, Julie. And you know, on the one hand, it's like wah, wah. On the other hand, he's not a big speech guy. So the moments where he makes the speeches are all the more impactful because we see stuff like this. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, it just, this was the first moment where I was starting to see really some of the negatives of Ben. I, you know, I kind of mentioned that there were things that I was worried about mm-hmm. were gonna happen, uh, but I think this episode really hones in on on some big negatives for him so what did you you see for that well i mean one of the things that i i do like about noel is that he talks like you can have a conversation with him and i feel like there are just some people who you know there's certain things they'll talk about 
um, you know, their guys, they'll talk about sports or they'll talk about cars. And the thing is, you got to have some common ground. <laughs> so, I mean, Ben and Lynn in this episode were just like ping, 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 ping. I mean, they've got this great, you know, incredible bromance going. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have that with everyone. And so having Sean just basically pulling teeth to get this guy to talk is, I mean, I'm putting myself in Julie's shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where, where did this guy come from? Because this was not what we saw earlier. You're right. And I think they put us in a weird spot in the pilot because they have that uh, almost closing scene, if not closing scene, where Ben and Felicity are on the roof of Felicity's dorm. Mm -hmm. And he's saying this whole thing to her about, uh, well, okay, I never did have a brother. And, you know, I, this is how you make me feel a certain way. You make me nervous. I don't make you nervous that whole bit. And it's actually a lot of words for Ben. And it almost sets you up to think that's how this guy is. But I think this is how this guy is. And it took a minute to to really show us that. I don't think this is the first time they've shown us that. But he, you know, there is something to be said for a lot of those earlier scenes that we had with Ben Felicity was drawing him out. You know, they have the, the carving pumpkins scene where he starts to reveal some things about his life. He has this bond with her over uh, being held up in his apartment. And when he's talking with Felicity, she goes deep. So it kind of makes him go deep. And so we get a lot of Ben from that standpoint, but now we're seeing him with more people who aren't doing that for him. And this is the guy, you know, this is, this is who he is. So it, it's interesting to see these different sides of Ben. I think Ben is kind of uh, more, it depends what he matches the level of who he's with, I think, in a lot of cases. Yeah, that, that may make a lot of sense because I remember earlier noticing how he was with Julie. Mm-hmm. And the you know he was he was talking to her he was being very supportive he was reading poetry on his bed to her or her bed mm-hmm. you know there there were all of these nice intimate scenes with them and we've never had a scene kind of before she started to be a little more critical mm-hmm. of what he was doing where he shut down communication. And he wasn't really talking to her. And now she is being a little more critical and things are a little bit on the rocks and it does seem like he's shutting down. And so that paired with, you know, him being reluctant to be on camera, I think during this whole episode just gives me this picture of him that I haven't fully seen up until now. But it may just be because he hasn't been in these situations until I now. I think there might be even more to mine here. So up here, here's something I'm going to throw out. And let's see if this is something we can prove false or true. Is he, does he have a tendency from what we've seen to rise to the occasion when he sees somebody in need of help, whether they be a damsel or a man? I don't know. What's the other word? Damsel versus what? whatever the non-damsel is. Uh <laughs> Cause he's done this with guys too, where if somebody's in distress, he, 
he might have a speech or a bit that he's willing to say to step in to help them. But when he is experiencing a difficulty or a criticism, he clams up. Yeah. I absolutely feel like that's what it was. Cause I was going in the direction of like, he's not good with stress for himself. Um, But I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, he, maybe he has a bit of the, the hero complex. That's a much better way of putting it than what I tried to do, because there's no, (laughs) what's the word that's not damsel for men, you know? I don't think there is a word. I don't think there's an equivalent for damsel, which tells you quite a bit about our society. Sure does. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Goodness. Well, yeah. I mean, I do think that you're right. I think that this has a lot to do with what, what, what Ben does when he's pushed to his limit or reaching rock bottom he may not be there but he's boy he's close he uh he's got he's got a lot going on we've been seeing this evolve for a while and we know that he is feeling the strain so there is certainly that element but I do think back to scenes in the past where we've seen him be more vocal or when we heard him voice more of his story or more just more language to be supportive of somebody and I think about um you know, those scenes that I just mentioned that he had with Felicity, the scene you just mentioned where he is revealing a lot about himself to Julie on the back of her being raped. The, you know, even when Noel and finally takes the smart powder and he has his complete meltdown and Ben takes him to the cafeteria and he gets some food in his system and he's just like talking him down from it. And he is saying things like, you know, Felicity was just saying, she thinks you're like the level-headed cool guy. And Noel's like, oh, I blew it. Um, But that whole scene was Ben going above and beyond to calm somebody down. So I, I guess, hmm, hero complex could be a thing. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense given what we know of his family life so far, right? Mm-hmm. You know, his mom has been in trouble um, and he's kind of had to stand up for her or maybe wanted to stand up for her and couldn't at times. Um, but, you know, there's a, comes back to that huge difference of accepting help versus giving help. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're the one being relied on that can feel good and it can be sort of a a purpose that you serve but you know in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on he is dealing with the fact that you know his parents split up his dad seems to have the money and has cut him off and he's got to work with financial aid he is again going through basically the trauma of not being able to rely on the people you should most be able to rely on mm-hmm. your parents and so of course he's not going to trust anybody else to help him yeah and i think that in part and i know we're skipping ahead but i think that's probably what leads to him you know, getting physical with Lynn because mm-hmm. he actually, he trusts this guy, it's his bro. And so he asks for help. And I mean, whether he realizes it or not, Lynn is actually helping him in that scene. Yeah. But he feels let down by maybe the one person uh, that that he thought he could depend on. And 
And I think it drives him to. And it's really the only person who truly knows that he's having these financial troubles in this moment. Um, You know, for him, yeah, Julie has an inkling of it, but then he stepped up, he got her a guitar. Like she, he told, he lied to her and told her that his dad had sent him more money. So Julie is certainly her, her rights, the red flags are up for Julie. She sees, she's seeing that there are some things going on, there are problems, but Ben has not been forthright with her about what those things are. Lynn is right there because he is ultimately the connection to Barry to make these bets happen. So Lynn is at least very knowledgeable of the fact that Ben has been doing this gambling and has been coming to Lynn with more urgency. So Lynn's kind of inside on this secret, whether Ben likes it or not. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's so I guess, Hey, audience listeners, we are maybe going to do this those exact same way that we've done this before because yeah. we're taking this thread and carrying it all the way through, <laughs> but we reserve the right to change that strategy as we go forward when we're done talking about the Ben stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Ben, the Ben stuff in this episode is so interesting to me. And I think that the, the nuanced ways that they formatted this episode heighten it because we get stuff that feels more personal. Like we never would have learned that. I don't think, or I don't know how we would have learned that Ben's parents split up. If not for the fact that there's this documentary format and Sean asks him a direct question about it and Ben answers it with some reluctance. So, you know, we get this interview style and it pulls this piece of information out we wouldn't have had. And I actually kind of like that that's how we got it as a viewer, because as much as we've heard this setup of Ben's dad isn't so great, he's not behaving so great, and he's been a a dark figure in Ben's life, he just kind of very suddenly cut Ben off with no room for discussion some episodes ago and it was like wow what happened here and then you get this line about um you know my you're you know he goes to see the person in the financial aid office and they say uh yeah this last tuition payment is still owed and he says that ben's father said we should talk to you i mean that's shady so then to hear you know their parents his parents split up feels like really important information. And I feel like one of the other characters in his life, I wish I would have known this about him, but he doesn't talk. So I never would have known this about him. Do you mean his dad? His dad. Yeah. His dad um, ultimately is cutting Ben off and it probably has something to do with the fact that he's now split from Ben's mom and we didn't know exactly that that had happened we only knew that ben's dad had cut him off which seemed like a really extreme sudden thing out of nowhere and in a way it kind of puts me in the shoes of the like the julies of the world you know the other characters in his life who are not getting the information and then all of a sudden he says this one thing you're like oh that puts it in context yeah i mean it's i think it's a little hard to read into just because we don't have a lot of information about it. It seems like, so he says in this episode that it happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Ben's been having money trouble for longer than that. Yeah. So I feel like his dad 
cut him off earlier. Mm. And then I, you know, it kind of gets me thinking, well, is it because he was kind of on the rocks with his mom and it was like a way to control her or punish her? Or is it, you know, his dad has some sort of issue with money because now he's thinking divorce, whatever. Or, you know, is it that when he just decided to cut, when his dad just decided to cut Ben off, his mom finally had it and left. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many different interpretations around that. And we just don't know enough about them. I think at this point to, to say, all we can really see is the effect on Ben and he seems stressed. I mean, he mentions it in the first scene. And then when when he goes to the the tuition um, bursar, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he he says this line about, you know, when I'm 35, I'm sure I'll understand, you know, and I I think he's kidding. You know, he says, I'll, I'll understand what my dad was trying to teach me and you know, this is just a lesson he's trying to teach me. And, you know, I'm just thinking back like, ah, yes, lessons from dad, all the times that, you know, you'd hear something like, um, like you'll thank me when I, when you're older and like, you'll understand this or something like that. Um, I'm just gonna say, you know, I'm past 35 and, I'm still not saying thank you. You know what? So, Same. Now that you say that. Yep. Um, <laughs> because if you understand even in that moment what the lesson is, it doesn't necessarily mean that when you get older, you're going to think it was a good lesson. You might have a completely different philosophy on life or, yep. or um, what's the like value system. Even if you grew up with a certain value system, you as an adult may have made new decisions and come to value different things. So the lesson somebody is trying to teach you is their lesson for their value system and not necessarily one that you will want to carry forward. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's something that you will, but in this situation, well, what is, if there's a lesson to be had here, what is Ben's father really trying to teach him? struggle i mean the value of a dollar he gets it he's working he's doing you know he's he's on a he's 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 having fun but he's also got a job he's also you know like he's he's doing what he can do yeah i take the lesson part with a grain of salt because i think ben sees through this i Mm -hmm. mean i think he sees his dad for who he is yeah And, you know, the same guy that's going to hit you and your mom Mm -hmm. maybe isn't the best guy to be giving lessons on how to live life. Yeah. So I think, you know, it it seemed to me like he was rolling his eyes, really, but he couldn't he couldn't represent it that way to the financial aid officer. Yeah. So, you know, he, he tried to play it off as, you know, this is a lesson from my dad and that's probably the way his dad has phrased it in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, to me, it's probably he realizes there's something else going on there. You know, it's, it's either control or revenge or, you know, money trouble or something, mm-hmm. you know, some actual deficiency 
in his father that he's playing off as a lesson, which is why he's just kind of rolling his eyes at it. And he's like, well, I got to figure this out on my own because the people who are supposed to have my back, they don't, and they never have. So, and he's staring down the barrel of $3,200 outstanding debt, outstanding loan. Yeah. And Which is a lot for him. It's yeah. I mean, he's already saying that Dina DeLuca is not paying the bills, and clearly he's not that great at gambling. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do like the fact that you know when he said, you know, my parents split up. I guess my mom got fed up and left. He's like, well, it's it's about time. You know, I think yeah, it's for I the made best. a note of that too. He, you know he felt like that was the right choice for her. He felt like it was long overdue. Mm -hmm. Which makes complete sense if his dad is abusive. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that you sometimes get that conversation. I mean, I don't know. This may be a a thing that I shouldn't even comment about really because I, you know, my parents are together. But I think that sometimes, you know, you get people who are like, oh, isn't it better to see parents who work together? It's like, well, not necessarily. I I, like, I think that if, if you, if, if they're your role models and you see one of them is choosing a life that's unsafe or that they're not happy in, that also makes an impression on you. And it clearly has made an impression on him where even at his young age, he could say, it's about time that my mom left my dad, you know? So he's had an impression of her for staying with his dad all of these years and that's influenced him too. So I think it's important that he is thinking about what this means to him. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, he's trying to, I guess, deal with this in the best I can't, I don't even know if I can say the best way he can, because I don't know what to do with Lynn at this point. I mean, he, he introduces, you know, Ben, not just he introduces, I mean, he, he pushes gambling on him, right? He covers his first bet. He lets it, you know, he wins the first one. He's got him into it. And the two of them, you know, and Dina DeLuca, they're, they just have this, great back and forth. Um, he's still trying to get, you know, Ben to stay out late and go bowling and being a bad influence. He's, you know, messing with him at his job. Um, but at the same time, later on, I, I think Lynn just, he did not get what he was doing. He didn't understand that, that Ben was not him. Yeah. I think, I think that Lynn, I think that Lynn is more, hmm, what do I think about Lynn? I, he comes off initially as a character that's just there to have fun. That's just there to joke around. But I do think that he has a rule set and I think that he has a discipline about him. And I think he has a philosophy on the world. And I think that he's more studied. And I, and I, we see that from some of the things that he says, even in this episode, you know, and his, his theory about everybody who has, you know, three things that do better than everybody else. And he's, he's, he looks at the world. He sees value in people He's, he, you know, he, he's tried to absorb information and have culture in his life. And then, so I, I see in him 
that he has more of an openness to the world and a more playful spirit. And I'm not sure that he initially realized how dangerous, like Ben doesn't necessarily know where his limits are. And Ben has a lot of stress. And from a financial standpoint, Ben's struggling. So it's one thing to get Ben to go out late at night to concerts, to go bowling and to, you know, stay out late and then have to wake up for a 5 a.m. practice. That's one type of influence. But Lynn does not realize that Ben cannot handle his gambling and he may or may not be able to handle his late nights. We don't know. Um, with, with the gambling, it's really, he's, he's in a tough spot now. And I think it's in just this episode, it's dawning on Lynn that this was not the guy to introduce to gambling. Yeah. So I think he wants the best and he is only just now assessing Ben for who he is and still loves him. And they still have this friendship. But he's now gone from fun time Lynn to Lynn maybe needs to be a little concerned about Ben. Yeah. And I think he he does it well. You know, he knows that this is not an okay thing to do uh, as as someone who does gamble and maybe gambles responsibly. Mm-hmm. He sees somebody else out there not doing it responsibly and he he puts his foot down he says you know i'm i'm not gonna help you i'm not gonna loan you any money i'm not gonna connect you to barry i'm not gonna give you barry's number it's just not gonna happen um and he even goes over again and says like i worry about you like we're friends and i worry about you and you know, Ben's reaction is to take a swing at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, I get, I guess, as I think about it, I see how they've built the story of Ben up. And yes, we've seen him sort of the quick to anger a couple of times. He snapped at Julie twice um, and he does it know around these kind of things where he gets stressed and then Mm -hmm. he'll like snap at her and in the past he's apologized this Mm -hmm. time he did not apologize he is not on the other side of it no he's not even close and and i just you know i'm worried for him too i mean well because he also i think really believes what he's saying to lynn he says to lynn with a sound of a desperate man one more win and i'm set Yep. He believe he's bargaining with Lynn. Just make the call with Barry. I just need this loan. He's not even hearing how dangerous this all sounds. Lynn hears this for exactly what it is, and he knows that he needs to start locking this down. But for Ben, I think he really believes one more win and it'll be okay. So, or at least he'll be out of the hole that he's in right now. You know, he, he won't be set for life. The eternal optimist of an addict. Um. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely takes you straight into the mindset and then to have him immediately confronted with Lynn, who's like, Nope, that's not a thing. What yeah. you just said, that's not it. And he gets mad. And, but see, this is where I think it's more personal for him because Ben does say, you know, I'll just find someone else to take my money. And he can completely do that. And yet he has this over the top 
violent reaction to Lynn, which makes me think that that really was like getting to the heart of, you know, some of, I mean, kind of like pushing on a place that was painful for him. Well, I think in this moment, Lynn's a proxy for his dad because the person who's really not giving him money in this situation is his dad. Mm. It's the person who said, um, the, who told the financial aid person to tell Ben, you know, your, our father, your father said, we should talk to you. We're going to leave this one entirely in your hands. Ben's dad is not going to be there for him. Now Ben goes to Lynn and says, I need help. I need this loan. I need, I need this money. Can you have the conversation that will make this happen for me? Lynn says no. So in a way, I almost feel like the swing that Ben took at Lynn, he was really trying to take that at his dad. Yeah, that absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Um, It'd be interesting to see how this relationship continues. You know, whether sort of Ben apologizes and... I mean, Lynn seems like the kind of guy to shrug it off and, and the kind of guy who, yeah, you, you know, sometimes you fight with your friends and that's just the way it is. Um, I, I don't yes know. Yes, I know. Cause I think, yeah, I think Lynn could shrug something like this off, but I think by the end of this episode, Lynn is not in a shruggable place. I think Lynn is like, Ben's got a problem. My friend Ben has a problem. No, but when I mean shrug it off, I mean, he won't hold it against mm-hmm. Ben. It's yeah, not going to make them not be friends anymore. I think that Lynn would much more likely like cut you out of his life if you like said something hurtful or like did something hurtful to someone he cares about. But like if you take a swing at him, I feel like he's gonna shrug that off. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't see this as being something that would drive Lynn away from Ben. I see this as something that would make him concerned as a friend. Yeah. And how he'll handle that, I guess we'll see, but this certainly is not, like you said, Ben, most of the time immediately circles back to the person he hurt. Sometimes the very next sentence and we'll say, I'm sorry, this is what's going on. And like you said, he's done that with Julie. So for him not to have that apologetic moment here, he's just all the way immersed in his problems right now. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it's, it's going to be tough to watch if it becomes repetitive because a couple of times I can understand, but if you are constantly saying you're sorry and you're not changing anything, Mm -hmm. then to me, that sorry means nothing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an empty word. You're not really sorry because you're not trying to change. Mm -hmm. So I mean, my opinion of Ben is going to go way downhill <laughs> um, from what it has been if if this becomes repetitive without any sign that he is trying to change things. Well, I will say that I think this show is going to give you what you just asked for in terms of like, you're not going to linger in this forever. Okay. I mean, or even very good. long at least exactly this space. Yeah. This is a very specific level that he's at right now. And it's been certainly getting worse. We've, uh, what I like about this storyline is that they've been setting this up for so long. They planted the seeds of this a long time ago. See, and, and that's we've been why watching I this feel, build. Yeah, that's why I feel like his dad cut him off 
like way before he split with his mom. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't just been a couple weeks. They've really kind of built this up for us. I mean, he had time to get a job. He had time to reject the hairnet. Uh, He's already been through two bosses, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, But this has been an important storyline to track. I think this has been a Ben changing storyline or at least a Ben revealing storyline. And and he's we're, we're leaving him in a not great place. It is interesting the way they're balancing in this episode the direness of his situation with sort of the fluff around the documentary. It's like you know he's he's alternating between stuff that's just horrible for him and like tell me about Felicity and Noel. Well, like how do you feel about being replaced by Eli? What did you think about that scene? Sean asks him, when, once Sean realizes, oh, this documentary is actually about Felicity and Noel's relationship. So he goes from having conversations with people about their life to having asking them questions about these other two people. And when he comes back to Ben, he says, how does it feel to be replaced by Eli? Yeah. I mean, I think in part, it was the show calling it out. You know, mm-hmm. is it Ben or is it Noel? And bringing that back up saying like we're going to get back to that mm-hmm. um but i i don't know what the direction was for him at that moment mm-hmm. of how to play it but i didn't really read anything into it i didn't get anything from the way ben was sitting or saying anything i mean he only had a couple of lines but he said you know i'm i'm not jealous i'm not Mm-hmm. Um, he had a little laugh, but it, it really didn't look like he was jealous or particularly cared mm-hmm. to me. Okay. Well, just checking in you? with you on that one, just to see. Yeah. Just, just taking your temperature on yeah, the whole what, uh, what about you? I mean, did you see anything in it? It's a little easier for me to read into it. Uh, (laughs) I kind of know all the things that are going to happen or not happen, but I think that what I did pick up on, because I agree, I didn't necessarily get a vibe from Ben, but I did think it was interesting that no, that, um, Sean was choosing to hammer down on that point. Yeah. Because why? What does Sean know? Now, granted, Sean is not the most observant of people, but Sean thinks he's trying to be a filmmaker and he thinks there is a story somewhere in this of, nah, Ben, how do you really feel? And because he doesn't just say that one thing, you know, Sean's lines going into that, there was enough meat to it that it wasn't just like a throwaway. Hey, how do you feel about this? Okay, cool. Let's move on. Sean had like a, Hey, seriously though, what do you think about this vibe to it? And that could either be because he knows something or because he thinks he knows something and doesn't really. (laughs) So your mileage may vary on that. He's not always a great advice giver or recognizer of situations. Yeah. He certainly was not throughout this episode. I really loved how they, portrayed Sean throughout this entire episode. Let's talk about um, him. You have referred to him as a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. And I just love how he keeps popping up in all these different scenes at the most awkward points in time. And 
I'm asking questions that are really just either annoying people or <laughs> pissing them off. Um, and yeah, I think he is, he was trying to get something for the movie uh, with that, that sort of niggling at, uh, at Ben. I mean, he's, John is kind of an interesting character to me because it seems like he at times, you know, is entrepreneurial does every once in a while have a good idea um like he can actually read people a little bit because he can figure out sometimes like the right buttons to push and uh-huh. and i feel like when he's focused on something he does much better than when he than the things he's not focused on where he just like loses all concept of everything yeah um so I, it's a very weird blend for me where it's like, is this guy competent as a human being or not? (laughs) I'm just not sure. Having seen the whole show and remembering it very well, I still don't have an answer to that question. Yeah. (laughs) It is a very strange balance of, I guess, like, what do they say? A stopped watch is still right twice a day. <laughs> you know, it's like he's always going to go guns blazing into the future, you know, until like, you know, it's like, this is, this is what I'm going for. This is what's going to happen. Or, oh, you've got Chinese food. Like, I'm going to eat it. Like, he, he's got maybe no filter or he's got no sense of like when something isn't quite appropriate. And sometimes in doing so, he lands on exactly the right thing to say or do. And a lot of times it's weird and awkward. <laughs> yeah, just like, but I, I don't feel like it comes from like any type of like ADHD or autism or anything like that. I feel like he's just not focused. Mm -hmm. on other stuff i feel like he's got tunnel vision like really intense tunnel vision yeah for his ideas and he can't expend the energy to figure out like what other people are thinking or you know unless it's related to his idea Mm -hmm. like it's it's just not something he's going to give enough time to to act like a normal human being yeah, and also part of what you're experiencing here is that they haven't really fully fleshed Sean out. There are a couple of characters, a few characters in this show that we've seen only just, uh, I don't know, like an outline of them in this first season. And we'll actually see a lot more of them and we'll get more story to work with, storylines of their own as they get further into the seasons. And Sean is one of those people that, Right now, he can only react to stuff and he can only be the idea guy, but then he will eventually have more things to say, more independent ideas to present and more of his own storylines. And, you know, I think about a particular piece of advice that he gives in this in next season, season two, where he like give he takes stuff sometimes and simplifies it too much. Um it's like, okay, this is, this is a thing. This is what you do. And it's like, Ooh, sometimes there's more nuance to be had in a situation. And I think he doesn't really allow for that. Even in moments when he's giving advice or even when he is actually thinking about other people. So 
I don't know. He's just, he can't take subtlety in any of its many forms. <laughs> he just goes forward with what he thinks is happening. And so I think we can talk more about him as we go through other plot lines because he really you know, pops up all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say major spoiler here. Like if you don't want to know something major, like skip forward a few minutes. Oh, a few minutes. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So this is something I actually remember uh, is that Megan and Sean get together. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. And this is, I, this is the first time that they're meeting that mm-hmm. I know of. And I just love that their first meeting is Sean saying, hey, you want to be the documentary? And Megan, like, completely making fun of him and then just saying no and leaving. Well, the first time he meets her, the camera pans, you know, it must be on a tripod because it's at a certain level and it's staying steady. And it pans from where Felicity's face is on the bed and it stays about that height. And the first thing that you see is the tattoo on Megan's stomach. And then (laughs) he pans up. up. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time Sean sees Megan, he's just getting a full view of her stomach tattoo. Yeah. And I feel like for the man who doesn't understand subtlety, the woman who never is subtle, probably (laughs) the way to go. (laughs) That's probably... That's probably right. Yeah. So that whole first interaction, she's like, oh, are you asking me to be in your movie? No. (laughs) She's just so quick to reject him. And he's, but he thinks that she's taking him down a path of, yeah, I'd love to be in the movie. And so she just rejects him so hard and leaves him stunned. And you hear him mutter to himself as he turns the camera back to Felicity. You hear Sean say, interesting. Well, so here's the other interesting thing I noticed. Um, She said no, and yet we get multiple scenes, Mm -hmm. three additional scenes where she is, in fact, talking to him. Now, she has attitude, but she's talking to him. Yeah, she's in his movie. So, you know, I was like, maybe she's not being very nice, but there's something that like she is allowing this to happen. Yeah, she is, she is giving him the time of day, at least. Uh-huh. And yep. she's the worst interviewee ever, but he seems to be fine with that. Um, you from, know. from my point of view, I think she's the best interviewee. She yeah. I mean, she has the best lines. Uh, so maybe if we can just go through those three scenes. Mm-hmm. First one is Megan sitting on her bed. And so we can clearly see like the five skulls right behind her. Mm -hmm. Well framed. Yep. Sean does not seem to think anything of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd like to give an award here to Megan for the most accurate description of Felicity. Mm I think you know what I'm talking about living with felicity is like yeah yes living uh living with felicity no felicity is like living with a tv that's always playing little house on the prairie 
only with more sweaters. Yeah, that was pretty accurate, huh? Accurate, uh, especially since the third thing I wrote on uh, on my first page of notes here is Felicity sweater. Ew. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Megan's had enough of it. She's had enough of a lot of things. That's true. Because we go on to uh, the next scene, mm-hmm. and she says two things. First, um, you know her opinions of uh, of Nolan Felicity. She says no one could care less, but then she's got a very definite opinion. Yeah. Which is, Noel, get over it. Mm-hmm. She slept with an artist. It doesn't matter. And she's raising her voice and she's got energy behind it. She's got feeling. She gets very cl- close to the camera to mm-hmm. make her point. Yeah. Which is, Noel. I've never seen Felicity. I will never see Felicity. I will never, ever, ever, ever see Felicity. So stop asking me whether I've seen Felicity or I will kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the rest of your life, I have not seen Felicity. (laughs) Yeah, you know, she gave it emotion. She put emotion behind it. It has nothing to do with the theme that Sean was hoping for, but he'll find a way to work it in, I'm sure. Or he won't. I'm sure. I mean, I was kind of hoping we'd get to see the documentary, but alas. There's going to be not. one more episode in season two where we do like a part two of this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it takes them a while to do a documentary, I guess, then. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, sure does. Yeah. Uh, we have the last scene of the whole episode, which is Megan just saying, if Felicity and Noel get back together, I will vomit. I will vomit on the carpet. Negative point we- 0.5. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could replace that with something else, but uh, she will do it on the carpet and you can videotape it. Yep. So videotaping, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Also, I think that's something to be said for this episode is, boy, that's the quality of what that videotape would be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not black and white, but it's grainy. It's grainy it like it was grainy. in the 90s. It's grainy yep. like our old hey, home videos. Yeah. And it's grainy like, hey, can I get this antenna to be set in the right place <laughs> yeah. so I don't have static on my TV? Look, guys, this is what the world was like yeah. in the 90s. Um, yeah. You may be thinking, what kind of quality is this? It wasn't HD. I'll tell you that nope. much. It's not HD. Mm-mm. It was not for UK HD, whatever that is. It's like a new thing that's popped up on my TV. Um, I don't think my TV can even do HD. So I don't know what this new thing is, but I'm not paying more for it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we've come a long way since those days. You know, back then it's like if you missed your TV program and you missed it, that's it. Yeah. That's all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Just... I mean, this used to be a huge thing, you know, talk about fighting between parents or siblings or whatever. But first you had to learn to how to record and set a, uh, a video yeah a vcr you had to figure it out and then you had to time it mm-hmm. and 
you had to not conflict with someone else's programs because it's not like DVR where you can just do four at once. Oh no, mm-hmm. you got one TV, you got one program and it can't be that long. And sometimes if you, if you manage to do it where you had a VCR that could be set to program at certain times, like from this time to this time, but the show ran over by 30 seconds, mm-hmm. your, pro- your program ended with 30 seconds to spare and you missed the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> devastating. Absolutely devastating. That well, was the I world. Mean, that still happens with a DVR, uh-huh. but the difference is you can go on YouTube now and either watch the end of it, or it's probably playing again somewhere, or you can buy it on Amazon, uh-huh. and read somebody's reactions about it. We didn't have any of that. Yeah. You just, you just didn't it. know. Yeah. It's like it never <laughs> happened. Yeah. No. Oh, goodness. That was just, those were not the days. Um, they were they were the days in some ways, and in other ways, they were not. But yeah, so that's that's Megan. We got, you know, we're just getting more and more of what we know about Megan, and we're, I'm still loving her. Oh my gosh. I mean, she's, uh, I, I throw away around the word favorite, but I think she's Ooh. my favorite character for now. Gosh. Yeah. Just because I, I look up to her. I, I admire her. I want to be her. And I love everything she says. And wow. stands for. Okay. Well, here's a segue I'm going to do. This has nothing to do with anything except it's a segue. Sure. You love Megan. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Who do I not love? I don't love McGrath. Oh. I went oh. all the way there. I switched gears completely. Yeah. That guy. Mm. <sighs> um. I think it's interesting. Felicity picks up on something pretty early in this episode. She's talking to Elena and she's like, what's the deal with him using your first name? Mm-hmm. Everybody else, he calls them by their, their last name is Porter, mm-hmm. but you are Elena. Well, yeah, she is. She might have some, maybe a seed was planted for her in that initial conversation she and Elena had with Sabrina, the previous student of McGrath, where she felt that there was a vibe happening at the table between Sabrina and Elena about McGrath. I don't know. I don't know how much she clocked that because at the time she was thinking about all the Todd Mulcahy stuff. But here, Felicity has got more intel now. She's been picking up on some of the behaviors and yeah, she's just noting that Elena is somehow categorically different to McGrath. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's reading too much into it. I think it's more of a teacher's pet kind of thing that she's thinking about, not a don't stand too close to me kind of thing that she's thinking about. Um, That was a sting reference for anyone who is, you know, not our age age, or considerably younger. Um, And yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I don't think Felicity would have, thought it thought this either about McGrath or Elena and I am going to be really interesting interested to find out how she reacts when she does find out um I mean I have I just don't I don't remember that anything happened between Elena and McGrath but it so clearly does I mean they've just made it so clear telegraphing it big time yeah but I don't remember the relationship at all. I don't know what happens. I don't know how it starts or ends or what we find out about it, but I'm assuming at some point Felicity finds out and I'm guessing she's shocked. 
Um, and I'm also guessing Elena gets hurt. Um, but yeah, McGrath, he's, uh, you know, on the one hand, yes, ew, everything ew with him and Elena and students, gross. On the other hand, I mean, she did come late to class mm -hmm. and he's already on the fence about her because remember the interview? So I can kind of see him pushing her to be, you know, to really show that she's committed to this. I mean, and missing an it, entire two hour class is not showing that you're committed. Why yeah. walk into a class with a minute mm -hmm. left to go? Right. That, that was my thought. I was like, just say you were sick or, you know, your mother's in the hospital, like figure it out. Like don't show up for the last minute and just, just say you had a personal problem. That's not going to work. Yeah, that was, she needed a better cover story than what she gave. She needed to not show up and then give a cover story that was more believable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honesty was not the best policy perhaps in that situation, but I, I, I applaud her efforts to uh, connect with McGrath. They failed. They failed okay. miserably. She has been Everybody in the class has been paired up, except since there are 10 people, he wanted to give her a whole project by herself. So he paired Elena with two other people. So we're making it a trio. Yep. And now Felicity whines. She does, but she recognizes that she's whining and she stops. Mm -hmm. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. She tries again later. She comes back to McGrath. She's got an idea for her project, kind of an interesting idea. She wants to do a genetic study to determine if people are predisposed towards long-term relationships. And so she works that through with McGrath and tries again to see if he'll let her partner up with somebody. Yeah. I, ugh, I hate this idea. I just do like, I can't not roll my eyes at it. I mean, if I was McGrath, I would just want to like lean across my desk and slap her. Oh, uh, love is a genetic condition. I mean, is there anything more trite that you could work on as a college freshman who just broke up with someone? I mean, come on. This idea of like, are people pre-programmed to be with each other genetically? She's got a sample size of 40 people. It's very small sample size, guys. Yeah, very small sample <laughs> size. And they're in couples. So really you only have like 20 couples. Yeah. And technically you've got 40 people. And also she, her measure is whether they've been together 10 years or more or whether they've split up and you can be together and miserable as we have seen in this episode. Yeah. So, Hey folks, uh, if you were wondering who's the optimist and who's the cynic here, I think this probably gave it to you, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything about this, just like my eyes kind of hurt because I rolled them so hard. I, meanwhile, um, I just set this up for you. Like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> You're like, it is negative. It is not, it is not nope. interesting. No. Okay, did everything. A dime about a dozen. It. Yeah. It's trite and it makes me want to puke. Okay. But I wouldn't do that in front of hey. you. Hey, all right, watch yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. It's also pre-genome, I think. So the type of DNA markers that she's going to be working with are, I mean, this whole thing, it just doesn't work. And I want to slap her. And yeah. I, you know, I feel no sympathy for her whatsoever with hmm. this whole thing, but I still think McGrath is 
you know gross and creepy so Uh basically i just hated that entire scene and he's another man teaching another kid a lesson well he's gonna teach he's uh he may be teaching felicity one lesson i'm guessing he's gonna be teaching elena a little bit more yeah well well we'll see how that evolves they've certainly been telegraphing it well i i feel we've gotten into dangerous ground you're not having it with felicity's study so where do we go next do we go to elena because she had some things she said here that were interesting yeah we could go to elena let's see i think for her specifically the stuff that comes up in this episode is all her being interview aside from those conversations she has with felicity about mcgrath i think most of the rest we we see from her is interview comments but she says some pretty heavy stuff she does but before she is on camera though she does have one moment i think this is her off camera where um noel is there and she is just giving noel this look Like he walks up to her and Felicity and the entire time she is shooting hot dagger glares like right at him. And I just wrote down Elena continues to be my hero. Yeah. Noel just is like, Hey, can we talk Felicity? And Elena is just not going to let him off the hook easily. Mm -hmm. She's not having it. Mm -mm. It, And it's, I wonder, you know, how it was a pretty long stare she Very. gave him they ate up some camera time here <laughs> with elena just serving looks and oh. she did it so well so well loved it yeah okay so now we can get on to the uh the camera stuff mm-hmm. she i think the first bit we see with her is when sean's interviewing her that first time she's talking about the rules she had created for herself going into college. This is really bringing back shades for me of the episode where she was having financial troubles and ultimately got that scholarship. And it feels like she's putting a finer point on lessons she learned and how she was feeling in that episode. But she's talking about how she didn't want people to know that she was scared. She didn't want people to pity her. She was going to put up a really strong front and then she realized everybody else is terrified too. Yep. I thought it was a really poignant thing for her to say. Yeah, I mean, she is she as a smart, smart cookie. She, you know, had all these things, this baggage really that she was bringing in from earlier and set up these set of rules. Um, she didn't want people to know that she didn't have money and then when she kind of looked around you know she she found her place she found her people she found what she was good at and then you know she says that she loosened up which to me i mean seeing her staring those daggers at noel maybe you you don't think she's gotten real loose but she really opened up to felicity and they became friends kind of the way Tara Tara and her were so yeah I just wanted to shut that out again I just I, I <laughs> it makes me so happy that we are accepting both pronunciations of the name regardless yeah. of what was the actual correct yeah. pronunciation yeah. Elena is the one who started this okay 
Yeah, that's okay. that's not our fault. This is yeah. her name for now and forever. Tara Tara. Tara Tara. Yeah, she is fully all the way committed and loyal to Felicity now. And as the interviews go on, we get more about how Elena feels about Felicity. Felicity's her girl when it's hard for her, it's hard for me type of stuff. And I feel that completely. If you, if Elena's your friend, Elena's all the way completely your friend. Elena, I feel like would be a great friend to have. Yeah, unless you piss her off. Unless you piss her off and then you're dead to her. Yeah, well- or she's coming to get you. I mean, she might shoot you in the back mm-hmm. or the eye. No, I guess that was Felicity, but she'll, she might, I think people who get in the crosshairs with Elena, just they're going down. They're going to have to give back Jello. Just, just don't piss her off. I'm trying to think if there's an exception to that, because like, I'm trying to think, does Felicity at any point do something that hurts Elena? Hmm. Hmm, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I hopefully she doesn't sleep with one of her boyfriends. No, I think I think that Felicity's stuff stays tangential to Elena's, where it's not like poaching from each other. Well, I don't know. I think that I I Felicity doesn't do anything to directly try to hurt Elena that I can think of. There are things that she does that indirectly make Elena feel like, oh man. But I do think that Elena eventually comes around and has compassion on stuff like that. So I think if you don't directly do something that's um, like there's a nefarious act with intention against her, she's got some room for forgiveness. But when she sees like, oh, you planned this, this was something you meant to do. Cause I even think with Blair, and Tara Tara, she, if it had been a mistake, an accident, a one-time, oops, we just happened to connect our lips the way Noel did with his mom that one oh, time. I was like, what do you mean a one-time accident? Like, oops, I tripped. Well, like what was happening in that trial of sorts that she had in her room where she was asking Felicity's input. I kind of feel like she was willing to let it go after that yeah. conversation. I think she she was going to let it linger a little bit. She's going to give it a little time. But I do think that she was preparing herself to get past it. And when she realized that this was a multiple of- time offense, that this was something that they were planning, that they were like organizing how they were going to talk to Elena about it, then she stopped. So I guess, I don't know, like... Now you could say that because she figured out that Blair was like cheating on her regularly with her best friend, you could say that that now made her this version of her that's less tolerant. And so I I don't know if we have another example later on in the show that's really gonna show her ability to forgive in that same way. I think that there are people who hurt her that she does come around with, but not in the same way that Blair did, you know, Blair would just, gosh, yeah. You know, he was really persistent with his two timing. Yeah. And you know, he just lied straight to her face. Yeah. And I think that's probably a big thing too. I think she's probably really big on trust. Mm -hmm. And once you violate that trust, that's really hard to get back. Um, but Felicity is deeply in the inner circle now. Yeah. 
And Felicity, you know, as we have seen, is always saying everything immediately and honestly. So I feel like that's not as much of an issue for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe she'll get better at one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So who should we talk about next? Um, well, I guess since it's kind of at the beginning and I might as well just say this now, we could start talking about Noel. Yeah. Um, because when we see him at first, Sean is actually filming Julie mm-hmm. and there is this weird music going on. Ah. Uh, carnival or i don't know the start of some broadway production it's like this weird weird music uh and then noel walks in and i i don't know which one he was talking to maybe both but he proceeds to say ah i see you have succumbed to the world of pornography and i was just like hmm that that is not a good statement around any woman uh you know being filmed by a guy in college and especially not around julie given what we know about her so again noel with the maybe trying to be funny but also like just weirdly extremely sexist Uh i don't i don't don't get there's something wrong with this boy oh boy Ooh, okay well that didn't land for you didn't land um I didn't think it was going to land when I heard the line (laughs) had it been a one-off that would have been one thing but I've been picking these out episode after episode after episode yeah so at a point it's not just hey I'm being awkwardly funny I mean this is like consistent this is just a character trait you have Mm -hmm. so yeah you know i'm just trying to decide if so we do have some listener feedback that i thought i maybe this is a good time to share it um it's the after you listen to this tape you have to erase the segment we're doing it a little early yes and you know we've been trying to pump everybody for their null thoughts because we get ben thoughts pretty easily but null thoughts we don't get a whole lot of but for the people who are fans of Noel, they're fans of Noel, right? So we've got from on Instagram, we've got at MP Rogar, who said, I'm hashtag team Noel all the way. He was adorable, mostly respectful, aside from the Hannah stuff and loved Felicity for who she was. He was an encourager and her biggest cheerleader. Don't get me started on Ben. So, okay. The, the Ben versus Noel argument rages on 20 years plus in. And I know, I, I, I feel like let's, let's unpack this a little bit more because when we started watching this fish, you thought you were more team Noel. That was your prediction based on what you remembered from the show. I have generally been more team Ben, but my memory of Noel was that he was the nice guy. He was the good guy. And Ben was like the slightly bad boy, but had a heart of gold underneath all that. And, but the, I felt like the, the, what they were giving us was good versus bad boy. If you really tried to simplify their, the, the caricature version of themselves, even just looking at freshman year. And so I probably would have fully lined up with what at MP Rogar said 
earlier in. Now, as we've been looking at these episodes in great detail, uh, it hasn't really held up that way. I think you have actually been a lot more critical of Noel. For me, I've been willing to let go a lot of the things that he said as humor. Um, and for you, you've seen less room for that. So I don't know. What do you think about this comment? I'm at team hashtag team Noel all the way. He was adorable, most respectful aside from the Hannah stuff and loved Felicity for who she was. He was an encourager and her biggest cheerleader. Well, the thing is we haven't seen Felicity and Ben in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's a little hard to comment on that piece of that, but you know, early on, what I would say is I saw quite a bit of negative stuff coming out of Noel's mouth and actions Mm -hmm. and a lot of really positive stuff coming out of Ben's. Like there wasn't a bad boy image, you know, it really wasn't there. It was very weird to see that, but then you get to an episode like this and this is why I'm weaving this, uh, I'm weaving in this comment right now, partly because we're starting to see Ben spiral. Yeah, because I feel like the two may just switch and all of a sudden Ben is way more volatile and, you know, angry or and closed off. And I could see Noel turning around and, you know, being there and becoming the person that you know i mean he, he already was the person that a lot of people talked to but being a support for felicity in in different ways um you know whether they try or not to have a relationship um but i mean i i really think it's going to depend on how things continue to to change because up until i would say maybe this epic like i'm still slightly on the i would say until this episode i've been i've been feeling pretty confident pretty good about ben Mm -hmm. like even though yes maybe he wasn't spending as much time with julius he should have been as a boyfriend like i can forgive that because he's what 19. Mm -hmm. um and I've just seen a lot of things I didn't like about Noel. But when he starts snapping at Julie and he's not apologizing or and he's doing it repeatedly, and when he's got this hair trigger to start, you know, getting violent, these are things that start to make me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, they start to make me really worry for the people around him. Yeah. And Noel, for all of the, you know, things that may be issues with him, and we even hear the hypnotist here saying that, you know, Noel is so full of anger, you know, he does have this sort of righteous indignation, and I feel like he's, he's very, like, male entitled, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like, he's just the way the world works, like, he should have this, he should have that, he seems a little whiny and and feeling entitled and you know that's the lesser of two evils and if he can kind of get over that and mature and become someone who can be you know more open and listen to people like i'd rather have that around 
than some guy who you don't know when he's going to go off and like get arrested or, you know, start a, you know, a bar fight or something. I mean, I just, I'm not, I'm not okay with either, you know, emotional or physical violence, but if I had to pick between the two, um, I'm, I'm picking emotional. Yeah. Well, emotional balance is, is rough, but I know, so it's, I know it's a little unfair for me to bring a comment like this in because there's so much, you know, a comment like that is something that uh, MP Rogar is saying with a, with a thinking about the full run of the show and other storylines in the future. And like you said, we've never, we've never seen Felicity in a relationship with Ben, uh, but we have with Noel. So with, you know, I think, even with this comment, it does remind me of moments like the Todd Mulcahy episodes. Noel's really hurt that Felicity is going into the studio and sort of doing her own thing and not involving him. But then in that episode, towards the end of that, he he finds a way to get his graphic design program working so that she can put her art into it. And he tries to bring it into his world. And I think we do see some of these moments of him creating space for her and he has those moments uh, but he has certainly had a lot of things a lot we've had an opportunity to see a lot of lines from him in these early days that didn't hold up great with the lens of somebody watching the show 20 years after it came out and that, you know, it's just been a certain reality to watching it this time around that maybe that's what it looked like to be a good guy in the nineties, but looking at it in a lens a little bit later in life, it's, it hasn't held up as well. Yeah. I kind of wonder if I went back and watched something like Buffy and Xander, if he would kind of come off the same way. Or even if we watch something a little bit later, like, you know, Alias and, oh, what was the name of the best friend in that, that show? So there was Vaughn, Vaughn was her, he was the love interest. Yeah. But early on, there was the best friend that was like with her. Will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If Will would come off the same way. Hmm. Like I just, I kind of wonder, you know, how, how these good guys who didn't get the girl come off today. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I don't know how much of a spoiler that actually is for Elias because there was never a chance, but. um, Oh, well that was, that's just been my assumption, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This We've been, we've been learning a lot in the process of talking about this show in so much depth for each episode. And it's just been surprising to us, but I do think to the point of that, and it's the reason I wanted to bring that comment in now, even though it's early to have you think uh, answering that kind of question, I wanted to take your temperature on what you're, what you're thinking about it, especially when we start to see an episode like this, where you're seeing some of Ben's bad behaviors. And we haven't had as much room to see that before because Felicity held him up on a pedestal and we were often seeing him through her eyes and she was making it all beautiful and rosy. And 
when that started to go away, we're getting more of the real stuff. And yeah, some of those things were still him, but it's like, we're excusing it less and we're seeing different behaviors with him around different people. And so maybe we're starting to balance it out a little more. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what was meant um, by the director or the writers when they were first looking at it, but I mean, the things that he did, like accepting that she was stalking him and being really cool about it and, you know, talking to Julie and, you know, the little things like being really comfortable with, you know, friendly sort of squeeze of your shoulder or your arm. Um, I don't know. He was just coming off as like a genuinely good guy. And for me, that doesn't change until, you know, like the, the physical violence or, you know, just like, like snapping at someone and hurting them repeatedly and not getting it and apologizing and working on it. Like, those are the two things that stick out for me. Other than that, I mean, and, and maybe that he's not as easy to talk to as I initially thought, but all of those things happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I think this is just a, a real maybe turning point for his character if it all continues in this way. Um, cause up until now, again, like I've, I've been feeling pretty, pretty positive or at least yeah. more positive about him. It makes me excited to get further into the show to keep taking your temperature on this and, to, and you know, to look at it myself as well and see how it all holds up on far more scrutiny than I've ever given the show before. But okay, so going back to what we actually saw in this from Noel, we had, you know, Noel walk into the room, Sean and Julie are there. I know I took us on a huge, wildly long tangent, but to resume where we were, Noel walks into the room, Sean is filming Julie, who's giving her thoughts about relationships in college. And then Noel is trying to tell Julie about something that's about to happen on it at the dorm. And Sean mentions, Oh, I'm, do you want to be in my documentary? I'm doing a documentary about students in college. And Noel says, Oh, you should call it a documentary. Yeah. So he titles it. And Sean says, well, you should do a graphic for it. You'll get great exposure. Hey, entrepreneurs out there in the world, tell me how much you love the words. You'll get exposure for this. Uh, I know that Noel's still in college, but it just in case you're one of those people who's telling somebody else you'll get great exposure for this in lieu of paying them. Right. That's not a thing that they're happy about. That's not a perk. It's a perk in addition to payment. <laughs> Uh, that's just my little PSA for everybody in case you're wondering. Yeah, but he works on it and it doesn't seem like it takes him that long. So, all right. Yeah. So it's a good idea that he's, Noel has officially branded this episode and this, this documentary as the documentary. And we get, we're going to go into a series of scenes with the Noel and Felicity relationship that alternates between stuff that's being filmed and stuff that's not being filmed. Yeah, I wonder if we, 
Do we want to talk about null and felicity at the same time? I think we kind of need to. We can yeah. let's talk about the null felicity stuff that are together at the same time. And to be honest, that might be everything that both of them are in. Um, so then well, I think the next thing that actually happens is a not filmed conversation between Noel and Felicity where they are doing a debrief or maybe even we want to call it a postmortem, the what was wrong with us conversation. And you're saying that was not filmed? That was not filmed. Sean comes in at the very end. He interrupts and he's like, hey, can I film you guys? But they've already had their full conversation and they say, oh, no. I thought he was filming them the whole time. Because it seemed to me like they were having this conversation. And then he's like, oh, hey, guys. And he's just got the camera filming him right there. Yeah, he comes in at the very end and he's like, I want to film this. But they had had their full conversation and he wasn't filming them, which is probably why they were talking so openly with each other, where it really is like a what I think they're both saying like, I did something wrong. You did something wrong. We did something wrong. Hey, what was wrong with us? What do we do now? Yeah. I kind of feel like this is the first time they've ever had this conversation. It felt a little forced to me. um, But like it was supposed to feel forced. Like they were trying to have a very mature grown up conversation because that's what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And Felicity here says, I mean, clearly she wants to try again or at least try to be friends again mm-hmm. and you know Noel seems amenable at first um the big thing that I took away from this is remembering how much I love 90s flannel I mean Felicity just goes through this whole this whole episode with flannel and plaid and it's all over the place and I love it I yeah love it. Well, I also like the way that you just um, recounted that because I saw Felicity, I don't want to say flailing. Felicity seemed a little rudderless in terms of how she wanted things to turn out from here. She actually did say, well, if we wanted to try again. And my interpretation of that when she said it the first time was try again as more than friends. And then Noel said to her, you think we could do that? And then she kind of softly backpedaled and she was like, well, I don't know, like if we're just trying to figure out what we want, we could, could we start over? Could we try and become friends? And she clarifies it and puts friends in there, but that's, she didn't have that in there the first time she said, try again. And so I wonder if she was just sort of testing the waters and seeing where things were. I, again, don't give her that much credit. I think she just said whatever she was feeling. Mm -hmm. And then when he said, do you think we can do that? She backpedaled because she got a little burst of adrenaline, like, ooh, can we? uh maybe sort of I don't know what he's thinking I don't know what I'm thinking I'm gonna continue to keep talking Mm -hmm. yeah and they get into the what was wrong with us question they don't know the answer they can't really pinpoint what was wrong with them that they would both seek solace in other relationships or other people and they just kind of we kind of close out this conversation and they haven't come to any answers but I guess the act, uh, I think it's important that they have a conversation like this because we had said when they had that last conversation at the close of, was it the previous episode or the one before that, where they were 
sort of saying, here's what we won't do. We're not going to shoot each other in the game of assassins. And we don't know that we can forgive each other. And it was a lot of, here's what we don't think we can do, but there wasn't a, what's the space moving forward place to be. Yeah. And And this is now the path to opening up that conversation. They're certainly not going to come to an answer in one chat, but to be able to say, we're ready to start figuring out what the next steps are. Yeah. And, you know, I think You know, I, I do come down hard on Noel, but maybe not for the things that most people would come down on him for. Mm-hmm. Because when Sean is is filming Noel in what looks like a wild, you know, geographic vest, he's out looking at the animals. Um, and, you know, Noel's explaining, look, I, I needed to be an RA because I needed money and I wanted to help people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. He just starts talking about the fact that he can't get this image out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And he thought about working with a counselor and he thought about going to a hypnotist, which Sean thinks is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but he cannot get this image out of his head. And it's, I think, a little bit of what you're talking about either last episode or the one before where, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you have two people and they're dating or married or whatever, they're together and one of them cheats and they're forgiven. And then the other one cheats. And it's sort of this question of, do you owe them forgiveness because they forgave you? And are you being a hypocrite? But I think, I, you know, Noel, I think, puts it very well in this episode that he wishes he was the kind of person like Felicity who could just put it all away and be friends again. Mm-hmm. But he's not that person. He's just not capable mm-hmm. of doing that. And, you know, I don't know... He calls himself out for it, and and I don't know if we can really judge someone for, you know, not what not being as good as the other person. I mean, so well, it's also him knowing himself and trying to come up to a real self assessment. Um, he's trying to understand who he is and how he is in this situation. He hasn't been in a situation like this before, so he's learning some new things about himself. Uh, I think, you know, there are a few different conversations all rolled into one in this part of our chat, because in that that part where he's being interviewed by Sean, and like you said, he's explaining why he wanted to be an RA, he goes into a point that in addition to needing money, he hated his RA in his freshman year because the guy was just like, yeah. ignore- he wasn't advising people, but he was sleeping with all the girls. And Sean pokes a nerve yeah. and says, like, you slept with Felicity. And Noel gets riled up a little. He's like, I didn't sleep with Felicity. Felicity, look, Felicity went off and slept with this other guy. And now Sean's realizing he's got a story, which is unfortunate because he's going to now track them down for the rest of the episode if he hasn't been already. Mm -hmm. But this is where, you know, Noel has been sort of prodded into getting a little fired up about this and is now saying, look, it's because I've got this image of them together. 
and can't put it away. And then we see it come up as an issue when Felicity walks into Noel's room and she's like, you mind if I use a computer program that you've got? He's like, sure, sure, sure. We're friends now. It's fine. And then he's sitting there with her in a room and he's like, it's really not, I can't put this away the way that you can. And he actually says, I can't do this with us being in this room, pretending that everything's fine. And she's like, I'm not pretending. And he's like, okay, well, I am, I'm pretending. (laughs) I, I can't, and I can't be like the way you're being. I don't know how to do that. And he's just realizing who he is in this situation. Yeah. And I was trying to track his, the way he was looking at her through this episode, because I was so struck by the way he looked at her after she revealed that she had slept with Eli. Um, And I couldn't get a good sense of really how he was feeling um because he you know when she comes in and she's working on the computer what we see is this close-up of of his face and this look that he has when he's looking at her and it is not the way that he was looking at her before but i don't know what it is like i can't put my finger on what the look is yeah well i thought there was some symbolism here so she's trying to use one of his programs and she's getting a little stuck at first and he comes over and he says do you need a new layer she said yeah and he helps her get a new layer and i thought well that's symbolic of all the things you could do with the computer he's you know he's kind of it's like he helped her move on Like, I I know I might be stretching here. I know I could be stretching. Maybe I'm stretching a lot. It's fine. New layer. He helps her get one and he is stuck on the old layer. Mm -hmm. And the conversation ends and she leaves the room because he is stuck on the old layer. How does that work for you? Does this track or am I, is this a bridge too far? I think if you see it, then it it tracks. I mean, it's it's accurate. You heard it from fish first. Yeah. For me first from fish second. Second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she has kind of, I guess, gotten past it. I I don't know. I mean, had he said yes and just jumped back into any kind of relationship with her, I don't know what type of trouble she would have had with it, but at least she's at a point where she can offer it. And I don't think he's at a point where he can even accept the offer, much less go through with it. Yeah. And I know I think that's okay that's you know it's where he is he communicates it he says I can't be a good friend to you right now mm-hmm. and I like that he leaves the door open and he says right now mm-hmm. you know like, it, like he could get over it or it, you know, it can be less painful in the future but you know I I feel like underneath a lot of his looks I feel like there is a little bit of pain you know there's a little bit of confusion um a little bit of stoicism which is weird i like i'm not i I can't as i said i can't fully understand what he's feeling or you know and maybe he can either i don't Um, know i don't know that he can I i think that he's what i do get from him is that he is very actively still working through his process on this it is probably consuming a lot of his thoughts a lot of his energy he's 
he is finding more balanced, rational understandings of like, what you know, who, who played which part and what was happening where and what can I forgive and what can't I forgive? I think he's thought through a lot more of it, but I think he still has some work to do in getting to a place that feels livable for him. Yeah. Um, but we get the fun suggestion from Sean here. Let uh-huh. he go visit a hypnotist. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I love this little hypnotist guy. I mean, he, you know, there's got to be somebody out there who's better than this. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, you, you know, to literally tell your patient, oh, I've never dealt with somebody who was addicted to a person before. It's like, okay, did they need to know that? Like, like, do we need to know that? Do we all need to know that you have only experienced people with certain types of addictions? Uh, not sure that builds confidence, but I like when (laughs) Sean's like, oh, well, he has this image of his head and Noel says, yeah, I have an image of my head of my ex-girlfriend going off with another guy. And the hypnotist made the most wonderful of sounds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I get it now. And he's like, you know? (laughs) I, you know, I might be able to help you with that. And he's the one who assesses that, that Noel is full of anger. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, as I said, there was like righteous indignation and anger and stuff like that, but I didn't see him kind of all, all consumed with anger after they've talked about it. Um, and it doesn't seem like he keeps coming back to anger. He just can't get this image out of his head. Um, he also didn't strike me as someone who could be hypnotized. He seems a little too neurotic for that. Yeah, but he's there he is passed out on the couch. He is, he is fully suggestible at this point. And so the hypnotist is the move that he's going to make here is he's going to replace the image that Noel has of Felicity with Eli with instead an image of a garden of beautiful blooming flowers. No, 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 no. He, he doesn't replace the image at all. He says, next time you get an image of Felicity or, you know, Felicity and Eli together, I want you to be calm as if you were in a blooming garden of flowers. So he's actually just creating some weird, calm, wonderful association of the image of Felicity with Eli. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's twisted. Yeah. Didn't seem like he was good at his job at all. Well, but he was somewhat effective because he then gets Noel to think that water is lemon juice. And I, I just have to wonder, you know, what kind of oath did this guy take? But that's fine. Uh, You know, (laughs) sometimes we put to the side practical uh, knowledge of waivers and liability and client confidentiality. I think and he probably took the hypnocratic oath. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I did. I did say that. You like that? That was yeah. a, a dad joke. That was a good Just move for everyone like there. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't funny. That's okay. Um, so. Noel is now going to die of dehydration and he will no longer be (laughs) in any of the shows. 
the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they reversed that before he woke up. <laughs> we don't really get to know much about like, will the garden of beautiful blooming flowers that pan out? We don't know, but we yeah. had the next time we see their storyline, we see that Sean has finally badgered Felicity into sitting down and doing her interview about relationships are hard. Um, that's her big, her big move. Um, there were two main things I took away from that conversation, well, conversation interview relationships are hard. That's a refrain she keeps making, but also she rolls around towards the end to saying sometimes the person you thought you'd be with for a long time, sometimes you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting the way they did this because she really has one long monologue, Mm -hmm. but they split it into two scenes. Mm -hmm. So she says relationships are hard. She goes through how confusing and hard they are, talking about tornadoes and all that stuff, and then says exactly what you said, you know, maybe I was just wrong. And then we get the other half of that mm-hmm. when Sean is saying, you know, I understand, you know, Noel is saying he needs to get over her. And Sean is saying, I get that, but I need a happy ending for my documentary or it's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. So go fight for that relationship mm-hmm. and let me videotape it. Yes. Really pushing. Really sure pushing. Sure does for say it. that. And, but the thing is, so Noel's having this conversation now with Sean. Sean wants the happy ending. Noel's like, get over yourself. We're not on track for a happy ending here. He says, Felicity never felt for me what I felt for her. And to be honest with you, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, that I think is the impression of, from the audience. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think they were trying to change that yeah um in our minds and i'm i'm not 100 percent certain that they were successful that's the thing yeah so they do this reveal and sean's like oh so you think felicity never felt for you the way you feel for her well i have evidence to the contrary and he pulls out he whips out the tape the evidence of felicity's interview where in addition to all the things we said from what we heard her saying to the camera, she's also said that, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And she really is showing that she appreciates what she had now more than she did at the time. And she says, I love him. Mm-hmm. Sean asks for clarification on who she loves. And she says, Noel, of course, Noel. And so Noel's seeing this and it's, you know, his eyes light up a little bit and he's like, oh, there's deeper feeling there than I thought. Okay. So that's meant to be a reveal. And I'm in the same place with you, Fish. I don't know if what we've seen in the first 18 episodes of this show leads me to believe that this is truly how she feels. She's saying yeah. it. Um, I'm so it's, I don't know. I guess I, I feel like it's a little more complicated. And now you have to tell me if I'm just on another planet. Okay. Um, so Noel says, Felicity never felt for me the way I felt for her, right? Heart-wrenching statement. Absolutely true in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't think he, what he felt for her was a good way to go about a relationship. He had this like wide-eyed obsession, you know, you've talked about it a number of times as being like hungry and kind of gross. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, he, he put her up on this, like almost your perfect pedestal. And that's why I think it, it hit me that sort of initial look of disgust when he finds out that she has slept with Eli and you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, but he goes out of his way to say to Felicity, like, it wasn't because you were a virgin that I liked you. Like, that didn't have anything to do with it, which I think is crap. I might be but... calling BS on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the writers are like, we have to say this because we have to say this. And then I'm like, yeah. nope. Yeah, no, nothing. That was not not how he felt. So I feel like the way he felt for her really wasn't real and this is part of where i thought this episode was going and i'm not sure if it is which is they are going to come out of this where noel feels differently about felicity he's looking at her differently you know he, he sees her maybe as more of a real person and not an object of his like desire or whatever it was um basically says he was in love with her at first sight which i don't believe in so meh take that for what you want but i do think that tracks with how they showed it in the show because the first time that he saw her she was on the phone in on you know the the corded phone where she was wearing her white nightgown and he sees her holding i think he was holding like a bunch of laundry or something and he just stops in his tracks so whether you believe in love at first sight or not i do think they were trying to show us that he had that that he at least was feeling that when he first saw her well i believe in lust at first sight i believe in obsession at first sight but you you don't know the person you could be looking at like a nazi you don't know yeah that's true that's an extreme <laughs> just, example, but that is, yeah. that is ac- accurate. Yes. Yeah. So looking at anybody, you could be looking at anybody does, does not mean that you're in love with them. So mm-hmm. I feel like he is changing and, you know, he does have love for her, but it really, you know, it was growing through the relationship. It's becoming more realistic, like a more real type of love, like one that can exist in the real world that is imperfect with imperfect beings in it. And when Felicity is saying, you know, I love him, she's actually changing, you know, to show that now that she doesn't have him, she's realizing the depth of her emotion and they actually are getting much closer two feeling the same way about each other yeah um so on the one hand i i think that i think that all of your interpretations there are spot on so i i agree with them i think that in a way she just got knocked off the pedestal that he had her on the way ben's been getting knocked off the pedestal she had him on yep Uh, it's just this is happening later And so that's there, right? And I think that's important if they're going to have a healthy relationship. She's not a goddess, you know, she's Felicity. She's a human. 
But I also think when he said Felicity never felt for me what I felt for her, I think that he, however you classify it, lust or love or obsession or whatever, I think he saw her romantically. And I felt from her something she said to Julie, he's my best guy friend. I I like him in a best guy friend kind of way. And I think you can still love somebody in that capacity. And I don't know exactly, like, am I fully convinced that her love for him, I don't know. I don't know if I'm fully convinced. She says she loves him. She misses him. He's an absence in her life. She used to be able to go to him with stuff. What does she love? How, what is her love? I don't know. Is it still on, is it now on the same plane or is she looking at him in a room? You know, is she truly feeling a love more than a friend love for him? She does. That's not really clarified here. And I don't know if I believe if it is or not for her. That could very well be exactly right. And she might not know the difference at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like they're at least the level of caring they have for each other is becoming more realistic and closer. Mm-hmm. To, like just again, the the level, whether it's romantic or friend that they it's have like a mutual thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not him being obsessed with her and her going, okay, I mean, this is kind of cool. This guy's obsessed with me and he's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure she didn't think of it that way, but I don't know. It, it doesn't come off as, as she ever was obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely not to me. I mean, but I, I do think we've had more than one occasion to see her feel the absence of him. Yeah. And not love it. So, you know, there, there, that's been there. And I think that partially we've set up, we've been set up to see that here, you know, that first time that Hannah came around for Thanksgiving, she wanted to go to Noel's room and she couldn't, and it was driving her bananas. And I think that that is coming from a similar place. Like he was just such an important presence in her life in whatever capacity and I think for him, the capacity of that was much more important than it ever was to her. Yeah. And so I don't know how much of a change she's really made here. I think, yeah, maybe she didn't know what she had until it was gone, but that doesn't mean that love for her means the same thing love means for him. Because even in this episode, when we get to the end, yeah, they have their conversation where they're sort of putting a finer point on all of this. And Noel is meeting her halfway now and he is saying, you know, I, I was just thinking I was supposed supposed to go to the show with guy. I left him on the street to go to Conan O'Brien with somebody else. Cause I had a revelation. (laughs) We'll get back to that, but I had a revelation that, you know, how often in my life would I have an opportunity to live down the hall from someone like you? And then he corrects himself and says, not someone like you, you. And he says, I love you. She doesn't say, she doesn't say it back to him. She nope. doesn't know that he saw her say that on the video. Nope. So. I, well, I clocked that too. I definitely saw that. She just um, sits there and accepts it and takes it, but she does not repeat those words. Yeah. 
uh, that was a choice. They made that choice, I think, on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, the other part that I found kind of, again, creepy, and I don't know if they meant it to be, but as Noel is watching the tape, you know, he, he gets more engaged with it as Felicity becomes more emotional. Mm -hmm. And she starts crying and he looks up at Sean and smiles. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, like, I mean, I get it that maybe you feel she cares more about you now and you're happy, but you're, you've got this smile on your face looking at the person that you're saying that you love when they're in pain mm -hmm. like that to me, that in and of itself is a, you know, it's not the best impulse, I guess. It's not the best impulse. I think it's, I think it maybe is a, a reaction I can understand. He wants to see that there's a sign of life from her around this, you know, although to be honest, like how has he not had that already? Because she's probably been walking around the dorm in days for a while now Yeah, with this whole thing that's happened. But it would be hard if you were him to parse out what part of her walking around in a daze or sad or disappointed is me and how much of it is what just happened with Eli. Yeah. And he's probably not in a place to really evaluate her feelings about the situation with Eli. Like he could be thinking she's heartbroken over Eli when in reality, she's heartbroken over losing her virginity. And so how much of, of you know how much weight do you throw to either of those categories too only she can know that not even us you know we don't we don't even have the perspective of that so he's really not in a good position to evaluate what she is feeling emotional about and this is perhaps a direct example of her being candid and showing yeah i'm sad about this sad about the stuff with Noel. Here's how I feel. And maybe it's the first time he's believed what he's heard from her. Which seems so odd because she really doesn't hold back. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was on film really shouldn't make any difference since this is just how she lives her life. Yeah. In those early conversations they had together, though, he was being so defensive. And so they were both, you know, in a weird spot. And so he was more likely to throw an eight ball across the room than or a magic eight ball across the room, then like really hear what she was saying. That's just where he was. Uh, that he was, didn't make me happy either. Yeah. The, yeah. the violence from Noel at that moment. Yeah. Or the, the violent door opening. So, you know, that was one I didn't recognize until you pointed it out, but thank I you. I love that tech, that little, much. yeah, that was, that was such a little like <laughs> reverse door slam genius move. Uh, yeah. I don't know who put that. I don't know if that was in the script or not, or if he just thought I'm going to open the door real hard. <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be total silence on the other end. It'll just be like whoosh of a door <laughs> opening really fast. Um, yeah. So they kind of, when they, when we close out on this episode, we're left in a similar place of, we don't know what we are, mm -mm. but it's, it feels like a we don't know what we are that has a hope for defining what we are versus the last time this, that we said, here's what we know we're not, and we're not even thinking about what we are. Now it's like, we don't know what we are, but 
Mm, let's try to figure something out here. And uh, they will not, you know, give Sean what he needs for his full happy ending. They're just, they're not gonna give each other a little kiss. They're just mm-hmm. gonna leave the room again. Yeah. Sean just pushes it too far once more. Sean's just pushing it too far. Sean, you know, Sean's trying to figure out the whole professionalism thing here. Sean's camera got broken at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Somehow that got fixed. My One of my favorite little things from Sean is that he's, whoever he was talking to, uh, maybe it was Julie, to try to get them back into the conversation. He's like, uh, action, whatever. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't even noticed like yes. what to say to them to get them to start talking. It's like, action, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's an entrepreneur. He's going to figure it out along the way. It's a little rough, but he's working it out as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's circle back to Guy. Because I mentioned him. I name dropped him. You did. And, you know, I will just say up front, I I did not write down anything, I think, from Guy. So I'm going to leave (sighs) this in your hands because I knew that you, you just love all the different people that make all of their appearances yeah i mean guy i want to give him an award and i just don't know what award i want to give him uh let me let me talk through what i saw and then i'll I'll find something out here so first time we see guy he's become more of an established friend for noel it's not official but he's hanging around Noel. oh by the way every single time somebody knocks on noel's door he's always like richard is that you again (laughs) richard i swear (laughs) to god if that's you again i don't even and so when we see guy walk in, you get the whole like Richard, um, <laughs> just yeah. kind of gives you a sense of where we're at with Richard, but with guy, guy walks in and he's, uh, you know, he has more of a friend rapport that he's got with Noel. And we get this scene where Guy is with uh, with Felicity and Elena, and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm in the they're in the mail room." He's like, "I just got these tickets from Conan O'Brien. I tried to get them last year, but now it's this year, and I've got these tickets." And Elena clocks it immediately. She's like, "Wow, you're about to be rejected by a whole series of girls." <laughs> I was like, "That's exactly That's right. Really but I'm ready." He sees it all as an opportunity. Um, so yeah, a guy is on a mission. He's going to go and find somebody to go to the late night show taping with him. And he, we, we don't see how all the people that reject him, but we later find out he's asked 12 girls. And when he circles back around to Noel to ask him, it's because Noel's the first guy he's asked, uh, he was top of the list for men. And Noel's like, sure, sure, sure we can go to the Conan show and then you get the whole, you know, they're, they're kind of hanging out with each other and all of that. But I really enjoyed guys interviews because he, like, you really see a lot of the characters, these smaller characters, personalities, when you see the early parts of Sean's interviews, when it wasn't about Felicity and Noel, but it was about learning about them. And Guy is just, he knows where he's at, but he's hopeful in life. He's like, you know, back in in Buffalo, it wasn't that popular. And Sean's like, well, you popular here? He's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, but there's good pizza. There's good pizza here. Not good pizza in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
you know, he feels a guy has assessed himself. He's tried to figure out what's happening for him that he hasn't had women in his life. You know, he, but he realizes, oh, there's a reason for this. I'm too complex. The ladies don't get me yet. But when I'm in my 30s, gosh. Yeah. Or older. Or older. I've, I won't even know what to do with them. There will be so many of them <laughs> around me. And he says it in a way that doesn't feel, it feels so innocent. Yeah. It's like he's just been trying to justify the fact that he's been completely alone forever. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor I, I just... Um, I mean, it might have something to do with that beret you're wearing. Yeah. Tell me you at least noticed that. Yeah. No. You didn't notice that the guy with the giant <laughs> hair was wearing a giant multicolor plaid beret. I noticed the giant hair and somehow just decided to block out of my mind the beret. <laughs> you're so lucky. You're so yeah. lucky that you can do that. Yeah, I notice other things. So I don't know what award do I want to give Guy? Because Guy's getting an award for me. So I want to say um, uh, best self rationalization of being a loser. Yeah, <laughs> you are the best. Poor Guy. Best I just love. I love him. <laughs> I I don't know. He's just. He's nice. People should get to know Guy, everybody. And so by the end of the episode, when Noel reunites for that last conversation with Felicity, he is only there because he just left Guy in line yep. for the show. But that's okay. That's mm -hmm. okay. Guy, Guy found himself just a random strange girl on the street. Who was more than happy to go to the Conan O'Brien show. You know, maybe yeah. she likes guys in beret. Maybe all's well that ends well. Maybe she also only saw the hair and not the beret. Hard to say. I mean, there are people like you that exist. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I love that Noel told the guys like, hey, where, where are you going right now? And Noel's like, I'm going off to see a hypnotist. And the guy just blinks and he says, you said that like it was a normal answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not guys um, practical you know i mean i i like guy but the thing is the actor who plays guy plays another character named kirby mm -hmm. uh on fraser and i absolutely love that character See? he's so great and so guy kind of suffers in comparison that's well, or you could say that he is a great character in every show that he's in. I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything else, but I enjoy what I'm seeing from him here. Yeah. I appreciate him. And I think he's worthy of somebody's attention. And Give him a shot, absolutely. folks. Yeah. They don't really know what to do with him. He's always like kind of a, got the different stuff going on in every episode, but he, I'm thinking of the next episode in particular, but they just keep trying to weave them in and they must be doing that for a reason. I mean, you're the one who's seen it. So, or remembers it. So maybe he has some, some big purpose. I don't know that I would say he has a big purpose, but he's a friend. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's important that Noel has, like, 
Well, much to his chagrin, Noel has made some friends among the people that he is advising and he better because he's got no other friends, right? Like he, he just, I think it's important that we see these people to flesh Noel out more because yeah, we don't, I mean, Felicity has a small circle, but she's got something, you know, she's got a lot going on in her life. And, and even if you don't consider like, she's got the whole world of Dean and DeLuca and she's got mm-hmm. these different facets. No, it's like when you see him anywhere, but his dorm room, it's like, wow, he exists outside of that space. <laughs> you know, they just haven't given him a place in the rest of the world right now in this season. So as much as he doesn't like that, all these guys are hanging around. We got Richard. I mean, he's trying to be friends. He's trying. He's definitely pestering Noel enough where Noel's like, every time somebody knocks on the door, it's like, Richard, stop it. Um, But Richard, you know, he wants attention. Apparently he's one of seven kids. He's number four, smack in the middle. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, the, the, the meaning is not lost on him. And uh, I guess we just learned a couple little things about him. He's, uh, what else do we learn about him in this episode? Well, he wants to put up a sound system and. Oh yeah. He bribes. He's hoping Felicity and Noel get back together so he can put up that sound system. Exactly. Because he gets away with everything Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, RAs aren't supposed to fraternize. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, we also go further with the summer camp stories, yeah. which I enjoy. He's got a whole life outside of this world, and that is his summer camp world. Yeah, I mean, he just can't get over that minnow. Yeah, the guy was a minnow. He he's had it happen where somebody skipped out on him with some other guy, and the guy was a minnow. He just wants to tell everyone, even though he seems to be embarrassed by it or heartbroken or whatever he is he just very freely shares that anecdote still very fresh in his mind apparently i mean i assume people stop going to summer camp at like age what 12 Uh so yeah i just have a couple more notes about little random things we saw from people i mean i I, and i feel it's so strange to say this julie feels like such a side thing in this in this episode you know like i um you know so much of her role is to talk about felicity and noel for the bits that she's there or to react to ben losing a gambling and getting into a fight she's just right now she's more reaction to other people's storylines than an actor of her own, you know, having her own agency. So. Yeah. And I mean, I'm hoping that's, you know, just for this episode, but the thing that I noticed about her is she was very fidgety. Mm -hmm. You know, Sean was trying to film her and she just kept moving around. Like she was uncomfortable and she would eventually talk about stuff, but she was also a little bit, like pulling teeth um but i thought it was more out of discretion for her um and and she's still being very kind and empathetic about everyone you know she's asked about hannah she says look other people have said that she's manipulative i just think she was lonely um i thought that was an interesting line for them to give her because it's like uh it's it's our interpretation now spoken by julie like 
some people say that she was manipulative. All right. Who said that? You know, like us, uh, <laughs> like we said that. Um, but I just think she was lonely. She's saying, okay, well, that's her kind of addressing the meta conversation around the show because we haven't heard anybody having those conversations, but you and I have been, <laughs> yeah. we've come to some real assessments. Well, so I would guess Elena probably had something to say. Most we haven't likely. heard her say anything, but my guess is probably was coming a little bit from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that Julie doesn't, I mean, she just, she's, you know, I think she's trying to excuse it a bit. Try, again, trying to be empathetic. She's trying to be nice about it, but there's nothing that says you can't be both lonely and manipulative. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hannah knew Noel very well. And, you know, as, as we talked about, they've been together for two years. And so maybe she was justified in trying to continue that relationship. And if she got a little manipulative about it, I mean, that's not great, but I mean, who are we to throw the first stone? Mm -hmm. I guess it's not within our, within our right, really. Um, It's fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there are a couple other small characters, minor characters that we see get interviewed. One is Chloe. Yes. And so it turns out, although we didn't get to see the second date in that last episode, uh, wasn't the end for Chloe and Sean. She gets interviewed about books and such. And she's, yeah, she's still there. Not for long. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, does she show up again? I'm not sure if she does show up again, because this is the episode I was thinking of when I thought she'd come back. Uh So we'll have to watch for that. But I would say she's not going to become like a big character in this show. This might be the end of the road. Um, Well, he's now met Megan, so. That's the thing, you know. Who knows where all of this will lead. But we, we had that bit with Chloe. And then we've got Daryl, the uh, yeah, another that RA. Guy. Mm-hmm, that guy. That Still guy. an RA. Still pissing me off. And I don't know, is he meant to be, are we thinking he's a friend of Noel's more than just an RA? I'm not sure. I mean, he's enough of a character that they brought him in to get his perspective. But his is his perspective is entirely around Noel and Felicity. Yeah, but I mean, he's another RA. He's an uh-huh. RA that we know Noel talked to because he is Zach's RA or was Zach's RA. Uh-huh. And he's also the guy who worked with Noel on the Assassin's game. So uh-huh. it's like, we know the two of them at least have talked shop. It does yeah. not seem like Daryl wants to hang out with Noel, but he's certainly got enough opinions about him. Yeah, I mean, Noel, Daryl has at least enough information to know about uh felicity getting down with eli now it could be that this is a dorm wide rumor yeah that's my guess but i don't know i mean probably megan told everybody probably yeah i mean immediately yeah Uh, yeah that's that's a good point yeah and daryl daryl's saying oh you think they might get back together well noel's either much more of a man than i am or much less you be the judge all right. Well, <clears throat> challenge accepted. Melissa, you are now the judge. 
I am the judge. I thought for sure you wanted to be the judge on this. I have a feeling I know we're going to come down on it. I'm making you the judge. You're going to make me the judge. More of a man than Noel or much less? Uh, I would say less because Felicity didn't cheat on Noel. Yeah. Yeah, Like start over with something, Noel. Forgive her. (laughs) You don't have to get back together necessarily if you want to. That's fine. But uh, this isn't like she cheated on you. So you're coming down on the side of the guy who went and said to the rapist, hey, you're getting in the way of my job is more of a man than Noel. No, the other way. If Noel get, if Noel, like, let's see, I'm talking myself into a circle, but I, what I mean by this, (laughs) I'm trying to, like, I'm trying not to do all like the, the quadruple negatives with this. Yeah. Okay, if Noel could get back together with Felicity, is he more of a man than Daryl or less? I'd say probably more if Daryl's not willing uh, to do something like that because it. Felicity never cheated on Noel. Yes, this, this isn't this, this is not something to be parsed out at that level. They both did things to hurt each other, but they were both broken up when they did them. Even if it was just for a night, yeah. they had a decision. They 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 yeah. had a conversation. They were con- he was confused. She stepped away. And they came back together and realized this is what's happened in the relationship. And so they don't trust each other, but if they could find a way back towards that, at least entertain the conversations, whether or not you get back together, like romantically be friends again, if you can, great. If Daryl's not willing to open it up to that, then he's just sort of locking down on the idea that like Felicity did something to hurt Noel and Noel did nothing wrong. Um, So yeah, that's where I come down on it. I don't know if that perfectly answers in a one sentence way what you asked. Well, I mean, I think I think you've done the task. I mean, Daryl asked for it and, and this is what he gets. You know, he has been judged. You have been judged. Well, how would you judge him? I'm not judging him. You're the judge. Oh, come on. Okay, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> it's going to be like that, is it? Well... You know what I will do? I'm going to throw in a note from an optimist here. Yeah. Yeah. I love something I love about this episode. Look, I appreciate about Felicity, the show that they often have these longer scenes with more dialogue and we get more space and time to breathe and a scene to get to feel these characters and really build a relationship that didn't happen in this episode because we're getting more time with a lot of characters and we're really doing quick cuts between them. But what I like about that for this episode is that we're getting a chance to ask all these other characters about what's happening in their life, especially before we hit the point in the episode where Sean realizes the movie is about Felicity and Noel. He's talking to everybody about their stuff. And I think it gives us a chance to see an inside look at them. And even if they only get a couple sentences to say, I love what it tells us about them. So it really made me think that if you can just get somebody talking about their experience with themselves, you can open up a really interesting inner world for people that you wouldn't have known anything about. You know, the fact that we get so much information about Guy, we get a little bit more about Richard. We, we get so much interesting thought about Elena. I'm, I've been dying to get more from Elena for a while now. And although we didn't get a lot of time with her, I love what we heard. You know, she really tells us what it felt like for her to get to college, what it felt like for her when she realized that everybody else was scared 
you know, how it empowered her. I think there's a lot of stuff that we only realized because Sean turned the camera on these people and made the story about them for a minute. So in life, if you can find out a little bit more about the person next to you, who knows what that can unearth? Chances are they love to share it. I 100% agree with you. They would love to share it. I 100% disagree with you. I don't want to hear it for the most part. But this comes from someone who, you know, at least pre-COVID, very often used public transportation, including the bus. Uh And... Mm. yeah yeah we'll do it within the amount of emotional bandwidth you have and energy but when the opportunities come up it can be fascinating to learn from people yeah just make sure they're you know sane and um well it can also be somebody you actually know a little like an acquaintance doesn't have to be you go up to a random stranger and you say tell me the story of your life it could be that it's somebody that you've been around and you're like, tell me more about you now that I've known you five years and we only see each other on Wednesdays for bowling. Um, you know, could be something like that. All right. New ways to make friends. Try talking to them, connecting with them. It's yes, that's radical, but we could try. <laughs> so you know who hasn't been talking back? Yeah. Sally. Felicity is getting ghosted by Sally Hardcore. Felicity has left yet another tape for Sally at the start of this episode. And we have not heard from Sally in quite some time. I hate to say it, but she might be dead. Well, she's not entirely. Although at this point that I happen to know this because I recently checked IMDb and I was like, how many more times are we going to see Sally? And it turns out She's credited, uh, Janine Grohoflo is credited for two more episodes in season two, spread way out from each other. So right around now, the showrunners are like, we regret this device. We're sorry for our actions. We have misgivings about the future. We aren't sure what we've done. We don't know why she's leaving tapes or why they're mailing them to each other. I am waiting for the episode where Felicity leaves Sally tape and she's like, Sally, can you hear me? Sally, are you there? Where have you gone, Sally? I thought we had something. Um, yeah. yeah. But while this segment of ours, the what Sally said, what Sally meant segment, has entirely gone away, I'm here to tell you we're not going to get much more of it, and it's going to be really random when we do get it. So Fish and I were talking about this. Fish, we're, we're thinking we're going to maybe try out another segment. Maybe we'll play with a couple here. But today we're thinking about doing a what the glub did they say segment. And I'd love for you to talk us through this. Yeah. So for any of you who have uh, seen, I'm going to say uh, Jimmy Fallon, it's not going to be correct. It's the other Jimmy Kimmel. You've seen Jimmy Kimmel and the unnecessary censorship. It is similar to that. For those of you who have not, you should now Google it and watch some clips on YouTube and you're welcome. Um, Basically, you just take a clip out of the news or whatever, and in our case, it'll be the show Mm -hmm. and uh, unnecessarily censor it. Uh, In my case, uh, we will be using gloves and um, well, you can fill in whatever is gloved. Okay. That sounds really good to me. So how's this going to work? You, uh, are we getting 
online? Are we getting, you know, what, how do you want to do this? So, I, you know, the segment doesn't happen very often on Kimmel. Uh, and I think it's because there's not that many lines that really, really fit with something like this. But when they do, they're fantastic. So uh -huh. I would say to try it out, um, if, if I can find them, it'll be between one and three. In this case, I've got two lines that I thought worked. And, uh, and I will, I'll give them to you in, you know, this is the one that I, that came in second, and this is the one that came in first. Okay, we'll do a little and, countdown. I like it. Yeah, whatever. It, and you guys can let us know, did it work? Did it not work? You know, what kind of, what kind of things would you like to see in the future? Other, other ideas that you guys have, and, and we can play around with a few different types of segments. So, I mean, we got some good feedback on the what Sally said, what Sally meant segment. Uh, and unfortunately, guys, they're just moving away from this device. <laughs> I mean, so. unfortunately, fortunately, I mean, I feel like you can say hindsight is twenty twenty, but I kind of feel they should have saw that one coming. Yeah, they probably should have. Uh, yeah. It was a good idea, but... Was it? Was it? In terms of, like, putting a framework to our thoughts, but there were so many other ways to communicate even then. Yeah. So it just didn't really track. But yeah. here we are. What the glob did they say? You now know what we're doing here. Fish, what's coming in at number two for you this time? So number two is a line by Felicity. And she is a, just very frustrated with, with what is going on with Noel at the moment. So she says, so Noel decided not to move. But still, we haven't really... He lives mm. right down the hall, and we haven't... Wow. Yeah. Oh, no gloving. No down the hall gloving happening here. No gloving at all. And, uh, and my number one, I think this was my favorite. This was, I think, a, a pretty good one. So this one is Chloe in the library as she's being interviewed by Sean. And Chloe says, I love being a librarian. It's kind of like working in a graveyard, except everyone who's buried can still you. you. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. I yeah. mean, perks of the uh, perks of being a librarian. You get yeah. club. And that was the what the club did they say? So I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, we need perfect. a theme song. Love uh, it. Absolutely love it. We'll chances it are it's going to be put it everywhere. The theme song every time. <laughs> 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 what the club did they say? Um, yeah. yeah, that was even a different key right there. So that's fine. Well, cool. I, I like your, your number one was a much deserving number one in that situation. Right. But let's let's talk more about numbers. Shall we rate this episode? I think it's that time. Okay. Well, how about you start first? Okay. So as I said, I came in with really low expectations. Huh. Uh, but since I really liked it, um, well, I'll say I liked it. I, I still feel like... There were some parts that really interested me, um, unsurprisingly not the same ones that really interested Melissa, mm -hmm. but 
I'm really interested to see what happens with Ben and yeah. Lynn. Um, and we just got a little taste of that. And I guess this was effective in giving us some more information, but I guess I, I wasn't particularly interested in Guy or even kind of Elena and what she had to say on film, yes. maybe just because it was short. Okay. Um, but I did like sort of the hints towards McGrath's creepiness and, you know, what's going to happen there. So it's a lot of just, I don't know, waiting, I think, for the good stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven. It mm-hmm. was it was fine. But I actually, you know, I'll when the things happen <laughs> that I'm waiting for to happen, mm-hmm. uh, then they'll get a higher rating. Okay. I think that's fair. So I'm rating this one in the measurement of gardens of beautiful blooming flowers. Wonderful. And yeah, there were a lot of options for this one, but I went with that one because it felt like a hidden nugget. <laughs> and I wanted to give that hypnotherapist just a little bit more love. So that's the, that's the rating system. And for this one, I'm going 8.3 out of 10 gardens of beautiful blooming flowers. Um, so there's good, I, it got dinged a little bit for the no Sally at the end, but the Sally tape at the beginning, it got dinged a little bit for ending with vomit uh, oh, or the, the, the punchline about vomit. I don't need that in my world and writers (laughs) everywhere just know that I'm coming for you. Uh, If you use that kind of thing, not loving it, but I think that this is a, I think that this is a strong episode. It's strong and it, it actually accomplishes quite a lot for how much they played with the structure because they really gave us a totally different style of episode. And yet they fully placed the story within it and they built a lot of things up even further that we were meant to continue as threads. Plus they allowed us with the documentary format, they allowed us to look into the characters a little bit more and get more in their own words in a candid way. And I thought that actually really helped move some things forward that needed to be moved forward here. So I think they did a really good job of, casing this format within the context of the rest of the story. Uh, I still do uh, prefer the episodes where we get more time with the characters developing relationships with each other, but I liked this for what it was. So for me, it was strong. There's a progression that's happening that's building towards the end, but I'm going to keep it at 8.3 out of 10. Gardens of Beautiful Blooming Flowers. Let's jump in with this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've already uh, taken some feedback earlier in this episode, but I want to make sure I remind everybody of how you can get us your feedback. If you have comments, uh, and we've asked a lot of questions in this episode as well that we'd love to get your thoughts on. If you want to share us feedback, or even if if you're an artist, you've got some Felicity fan art that you want to share, you can reach us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's the Melissa with one L, two S's, the Melissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. Lots of great people hanging out and having conversations about Felicity over there. 
And if you're interested to be informed when we drop new episodes, you can sign up for our newsletter. Wherever you're listening to this, if you check the show notes, there'll be a link for it. And you can just sign up so we can let you know when the episodes drop. We're pretty consistent about it. So it shouldn't be that hard, but we, uh, we are happy to tell you when the episodes come out. And the next one, speaking of other episodes, we're going to talk about a show called Connections or an episode called Connections in the next one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll answer some questions Fish brought up in this one. Connections. Mm-hmm. Connections. What do you think? If you had to guess, Fish, what do you think that one's about? Uh, connections. Mm-hmm. That seems like a really good guess. Uh, goodness. I think it's it's about the connections between people. Oh. Um, I mean, I guess it could be about telephones. Uh-huh. Uh Connect four. <laughs> connect. Well, no, I don't. I well, think. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my guess. That's all that I can think of at this moment. All right, so it's going to be a clean slate for you. We're going in blind, uh- <laughs> as usual. <laughs> um, Let's just see what happens with that. But was there anything else you wanted to mention about ooh, this episode? Ooh, it fish? could be if they're flying somewhere and they missed a connection. Wow. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I don't think they probably film anywhere in the middle of an airport, but that that's a thing that has to there will connection. be episodes that are filmed at airports uh but this is not one of them so <laughs> it is an excellent guess about the meaning of the word connections but that is not what this will be so yeah. it's interesting uh just to get a sense from you on where you think this is headed i can tell you you're not warm <laughs> that's fair that's, that's okay though wait was there anything else you wanted to mention about this episode before we close up nope i think that's it from me all right well until next time fish don't hook up with them while i'm gone i'm the fish bye bye everyone <laughs>